The following is a presentation of Broadway Church in Vancouver, British Columbia. For additional media, visit broadwaychurch.com. Um, I want to take you to a text, uh, just a brief text in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, as we talk about being together on mission. Together on mission. And the fact that we have a shared mission that includes being workers together with God. It's an interesting context when we talk about mission to understand about how we do this in partnership, as one translation would say, or that we're workers together with God. This uh, reading uh, has it as God's co-workers. So from 2 Corinthians 6, 1 to 2, as God co-workers, Paul writing to the church at Corinth, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the days of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Lord, I ask you to do that miracle that only you can do that you would let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you and that these would become your living words that transform us into looking more like Jesus. In his great name I pray, amen. Workers together with God. Paul is writing to the, Thessalon- or to the Corinthians. He's been very involved, of course, in these churches that he writes to about seeing them come to know the good news of Jesus, to be transformed by that message. And he continues to engage these churches through his ministry and through his writings. And he does so with this sense of mission that he is a co-worker, a partner with God in what God is doing in the mission and in the mission of these lives. And so it's so important for us to grasp how God has brought us in to his mission to partner with him. And the mission has a real clarity to it. Now, in our Pentecostal fellowship, we, we have a mission that guides us as relates to our churches and our ministries and our credential holders and all the people that are involved. And the mission says to glorify God by making disciples everywhere, by proclaiming and practicing the gospel of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in the mission of God, there are these shared themes about uh, how we partner with God's mission. It's out of love for God and it's out of love for others, the great command, the agape of God within us, that we are compelled that as we're going, we make disciples. Go and make disciples. The concept there is as you go about your life, as you are engaged in where you're called to live and who you're called to serve, be making disciples, disciplined followers of Jesus. Broadway expresses it in its mission statement by talking about fully devoted followers of Jesus. So our mission is to see people know the love of God, know the love that we bring in such a way 
that by the Spirit they're transformed into a follower of Jesus, fully devoted, following Him. And so we go about as uh, we live our lives, and we do it in word. We do it with gracious truth. Jesus, in his command about what the church would be all about, what his followers would do, he said, I want you to baptize them, talking about the transformation, demonstrating the transformation, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. When Jesus came to the planet, he came and lived amongst us, and he would go, he went about, And he did so with grace and truth is what John chapter 1 tells us. So that there's this sharing of gracious truth. You cannot read the Gospels, you cannot read Jesus and think that he didn't have a message. He had something to communicate. It was truth. And it was truth that would set people free. It was the good news. So the Gospel... And so Jesus shares this good news, and then as he calls us to go, as he gives us our shared mission, he expects the very same thing. You'll, you'll speak, you'll speak gracious truth, and it is truth that will transform lives. Truth sets people free. The lives of this culture bind people. The lies of this culture create death. It creates all sorts of things that we see across the cultural landscape today. We are on a mission that is distinct to the church of Jesus. We come with the gracious truth of the good news and it sets people free. How about that for a mission? Seriously. This is why it's so important for us to grasp our mission, continually be aligned with our mission, because no other group on the planet has it except the church of the living Christ. That's your mission. It's more than just being a good social agency, and we honor those. It's, good, it's more than just being a community group that brings people together, and we honor those. But the thing is, we are the church of Jesus. We're on a mission to see transformed lives. And people are set free, and they are cared for in every dimension of their life because we do justice, and we love mercy. And we walk humbly with God. That's who we are when you catch us at our best. (laughs) That's who we want to be. That's our mission. And you can't do this on your own. We're all agreed on that, right? So Jesus said that you would receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You would have his supernatural power, the empowerment of the Spirit to fulfill this mission to see transform lives. Because you and I can't change a life. We can have an influence in a life, we can point people the right way, we can inspire them, but in the end, to see them change from the inside out, to have their minds changed, to have their spirits transformed, only the Spirit of God can do that. So I'm glad he didn't leave us to ourselves. He empowers us by his Spirit. And so we go, and we make disciples. We're workers together in God. Now let me tell you a little bit about the Pentecostal family together, which Broadway is a big part of uh, globally, just some highlights. 
we focus on going and introducing people to Jesus and the new life in many ways, reaching. Then we work together to see churches planted, not only here in Canada, but globally. And so we're part of planting churches and working with church partners around the world. We equip, so we equip for leadership, training, development, uh, church development. And of course, we care holistically in ways that see people fed, we see people sheltered, uh, we meet practical needs and so on because we do care for the whole person. So it's a very complete mission. And you can see we do it not on our own. Uh, a key figure there is the top right about the number, not only countries we're active in, but the national partners that we're partnered with. So that wherever we go about doing mission, be it caring, being reaching, whatever, we're never doing it just by 334 plus global workers, and that is an ever-increasing figure, but we do it alongside of the church that is literally around the world, so that whenever the time or the opportunity comes for us to respond in Canada, say it's a, an emergency need, we can come to our churches and say, we can deliver directly through partners to that earthquake in Tibet or we can be there for the Rohingya uh, refugee crisis and ensure that water wells are being dug and that Jesus is being shared. It's, it's just automatic through the partnership and through the broader family of God. You're linked to such a family like that through Broadway. So that's a bit of a global picture about what it looks like. But of course, it comes back home to you send out people. And they are some of the MVPs of the Pentecostal family globally, people like the Prices. And so the team that's gonna be working with Imagine Thailand and building on the ongoing work that are done by people like uh, the Doves who have also uh, been regularly supported uh, by this church. So you see the prices there, uh, Amber directly out of this church uh, on, on the top left. On the right, of course, Sheldon and Anna. Susan and I view these guys like all-stars. I had the privilege of taking Sheldon on one of his first ever uh, intercultural experiences, taking him with me into Eastern Europe and to see the way Europe has gotten a hold of their heart and his critical role that he plays in leadership development, Nana's critical role in holistic care. I just saw pictures this week coming out of her involvement in a European woman's uh, conference. And we'll talk more about Eurasia in a minute, but it's critical that the armages are there. Uh, Simon mentioned the Bersaglios, and Nancy is here today, and the whole magnificent work of Villages of Hope, this place for children, and to then reach out to communities and extended families through uh, care and education and spiritual service and so on. You do really want to talk to Nancy uh, further and be linked to that. So proud of the bowlers and uh, Kathy Bowler working along with Steve and uh, Children of Blessings Trust and uh, my own kids are involved in child sponsorship through Child Care Plus in order to be supportive of the bowlers in Malawi. So it does come right back home, but then it gets expressed through this network globally with impact that uh, is very dramatic. Now, let's talk specifically about we're workers together in generosity that the love of God shows up in tangible ways. Shows up in Lori, 
and Lily Wallace going with the Erdo board. We're so appreciative of Lori's service on the board. And they go along with myself and others. And uh, we work in Central America to see clean water and also kids educated and the good news of Jesus presented. And uh, so you see there us just this spring working on a project in Central America. And uh, you see kids gathering around that are all supported by families within Canada through Child Care Plus. But uh, let's let uh, some of our own folks, the Prices and Bersaglios, tell their own story in this video that we'll show. Hi there, Broadway Church. Matthew Price here. My wife Amber grew up as part of the Broadway community right into her young adult years. And now we're proud to be partnered with your global outreach program. Because of your partnership, Amber and I, along with our three kids, get to live and work in Thailand. Right now, we have almost 600 children sponsored through CCP in Thailand. They're in 20 different communities in almost every region of Thailand. We have 17 different site leaders who are involved in the day-to-day -day lives of these children. We also have two coordinators who help with all the administration. Their names are Guy and Jai. They rhyme. Couldn't make it up if I tried. And then I have the joy of bringing leadership to the entire team. And we believe that CCP is going to help change the future for this generation. นี่น้องเอิญกับคุณแม่นะคะน้องเอิญอยู่ในกองทุนซีซีพีด้วยประมาณ 2 ปีน้องเอิญชอบไปโบสถ์มั้ยคะชอบค่ะน้องเอิญมีกิจกรรมอะไรทําที่โบสถ์มั้งคะที่โบสถ์น้องเอิญทําอะไรน้ําเกมให
that's what most of my brothers and sisters at Village of Hope do. We would sit around the table, write some letters to them, thanking them for their love, their care and their support towards us. Then before we go to bed every night we would uh, pray for them thank, and also thanking the Lord for having such people to care for us and show us some love. And um, I'm really excited because now I'm a responsible teacher and it's because of their love and their support that I was given back the hope that I once lost when my parents died and I'm really really grateful to God that at that moment that happened. Want to hear a little irony in that story? The roof she grew up under was in the first village of hope built in Kitway and people from Broadway were the ones who went over and helped construct that roof and Steve Clifford burned the hair off of his shins in order to build that roof in the African sun. Isn't that great? But you, you were there. You catch my drift? You see how this is integrated? This part of workers together working with local churches, working together with teams, and we have the ability then to show up all around the planet to make a difference in young women's lives like that young woman who's here and who I hope you'll hear more about on Saturday as you uh, check in on the Villages of Hope uh, banquet that's occurring here at Broadway. So there's this caring endeavor through Erdo that you are engaged with, and you can see the statistics there, about 35 countries, 97 projects going on. Uh, it gets up closer to $10 million as we go along with uh, nine million directly delivered to those uh, over half million people. I want to accent in the next one, this is Child Care Plus, and this is how you directly invest into 47 locations where children are being served and their families, over 8,000 now, but we would certainly welcome far greater investment. Again, it goes directly to locations where we're partnered with, we have global workers often working there, Villages of Hope, for instance, uh, Imagine Thailand, like uh, Matthew was describing, and so it's very much us ensuring the full care for these children, their families, and yes, even the broader community. We do respond to crisis, and as I was saying earlier, whether it's Tibet, Rohingya, wherever uh, the Christian family in Canada wants to be able to respond, uh, inevitably we have partners on the ground and we have the ability to work alongside uh, every year in response. This is just a picture from uh, one 12-month period uh, that just ended. In addition, we uh, do engage in broader community development. We do understand uh, the abuses that can occur with aid, how it has to have best practices, and uh, the desire to fully develop uh, community development, see people well employed, and so on. So there's all sorts of initiatives in that area as well. So together with God, we are generous people. And I honor you today for your generosity in that. But along with that, we also provide refuge. We celebrated that today uh, with our family who is now with us here in Broadway, where Susan and I attend in Burlington, Ontario, our home church on the left, just celebrated a year of uh, looking after three families 
11 people we're still expecting and looking forward to another family joining with us. Susan's very involved in the mission committee and, and welcoming uh, the refugees that join us. And again, it's a partnership because through our office, we have to work with the government. And so my team on the right is always involved in directly engaging the government processes. So they love it when they go out to the airport and actually get to meet families as they arrive. And again, our people have been so hospitable. Um, but this doesn't just start with the recent crisis of Syria and Iraq. We've been a sponsorship agreement holder with the uh, government since 2003 and seen uh, over uh, 600 plus uh, people individually sponsored uh, in 42 churches cooperating with us. And so this is an ongoing dimension of who we are, that we do hear the Bible's cry for us to be there for the people who are dispossessed and through these terrible circumstances can find new life and a new place to be. Specifically about Syria and Iraq, and uh, you guys are part of this statistic, so 23 churches responding, 16 Syrian refugees, 27 Iraqi refugees, and it's taking about 24 months to go through the whole process, as the folks around here know. You don't know exactly when finally the check mark's going to come, and then finally, kaboom, you're in up to your eyeballs. So along with Pastor Simon, I want to compliment the team led by Lily, who did such a great job in responding here in Broadway, and may it continue, right? Um, but we're also about mission to people who never once have had the opportunity to hear about Jesus. And that happens all over the world, but there are specific areas of unreached peoples. And so, as you look at this map, you'll see red marks, but you'll see they get really dense uh, across uh, the central part of the globe through Africa and into the uh, Middle East and, and into Asia. And these are the unreached people groups that do not have people who are followers of Jesus in relational access to them, who do not have the opportunity to come to a church like Broadway and find out the good news of Jesus. There's over 7,000 of those unreached people groups. They range in all sorts of sizes. Uh, they're primarily determined by both culture and language and so on. And that adds up to 3.2 billion people on the planet, 41.3% of the world's population that do not have access to the good news in any real tangible way. If you take that uh, map and you break it down to the primary religious affiliation of the people that do not know Jesus personally, you see the green representing uh, precious Muslim people, you see the yellow representing uh, those of Hindu background primarily, and in the orange are those of Buddhist faith and background. In addition, there are other people who are animists, of course, and spiritualists, and so on. And uh, we, again, are believing that God is calling Canadians and Pentecostal Canadians to find the creative ways necessary to go and be among some using their professional status and their ability to serve in those contexts, others uh, through other creative means. And uh, the PAOC has a whole 
aspect of it that we call restrictive access nations and people are finding ways to go to share the good news. So later this month, Susan and I will be in one of those nations with some of our folks that are finding those creative ways to serve. But then you bring it back to a more westernized context. You look at a region like uh, Europe where I started the past week uh, waking up in Warsaw and was able to go to Berlin. And, and I, I, so those countries, you see the way they're represented as far as those that have uh, evangelical believing people, evangelically aligned people, uh, and most of them, as you can see, and most Europeans fit in the under 1% or the 1% to 5%. We still get asked questions about why do you send people like the Armitages to Europe? Well, I have just been in countries this spring where in the entire nation there are not this many evangelical people who have personal relationship with Jesus, who understand the Christian faith, and who are able to be lovers of God and lovers of others. Now, that's not to deride the historic church or not to say that there aren't genuine followers of Jesus within other Christian communities, but when you travel in those countries like I just have, you will come across blank stares over and over and over and over again whenever you talk about any kind of living faith that speaks of love for God, love for others, and personal relationship with their creator. It's just, and especially, of course, amongst the young. Well, of course, that transitions back over to our own country and the growing number of people that have no affiliation spiritually, faith-wise, but many of our young men and young women growing up in Canada, that they have blank stares when you talk about living faith, when you talk about knowing God and through Christ personally. 50% of Canadians have never even cracked open the Bible once. I don't know how you do that and even get through an education in this country theoretically, but no, they've never even cracked open a Bible once. And so mission to those who are currently unreached, who have not had opportunity to hear the living faith, we're on that mission together. So that brings it back to this. It's about your call and my call and our responsibility to genuinely be touched by God's Spirit about where does He place us in seeing people become disciplined followers of Jesus, to know the love of God personally, to be transformed by the truth of God, to be liberated to be all that God intended them to be in the first place. What is our individual calling and role within that? And of course, it should center on Jesus. We're not trying to export denominational understandings and boxes. We're trying to see people come and know What's the good news about Jesus? What's the good news about Jesus? How he sets people free. How what he did on the cross matters. How he is the resurrected Jesus. 
He's not just some cosmic Christ out there somewhere who no longer is engaged. No, he is among us. The resurrected Christ still changing lives. And you cannot do that without the empowerment of the Spirit. It's not just about our good works, although they should be done. But when we do our good works and when we show that love, Peter tells us we need to be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have within us. Why in a culture that is so fearful and is wearing out from the inside out, why in such a culture are you a person of hope? Why are you a person of love? Why do you seem to have such confidence? Well, it's not because of who we are or that we've got it all together, but we have been transformed by the living Jesus, and that's good news. And that's what we bring, whether it's here in Canada and in Vancouver, or whether it's to Europe, or it's to people who have not even yet heard the good news. But we do it through the Spirit's power. I'll leave you with these couple thoughts. Um, I had the privilege of having a young woman, woman uh, Susan and I, in our youth ministry in Calgary in the 80s. You'll see her picture on the left here. And uh, she felt a calling to especially reach out to children, to young people all her life. She served out here in the Lower Mainline for a while. Then she went back home to Calgary uh, where she serves today. But she realized there's entire stratas of young people and who never had opportunity to hear the good news. So she believed God would help her use her talents and her interests to find an entire new way to connect with Jesus. So Connie pioneered Cypher Church in Calgary. You know what it is? It's a hip-hop church. Anyone do hip-hop? You're not probably going to get her done here, but anyways, maybe in front of the screaming Christmas tree. But other than that, you know, we don't dance around Broadway too often otherwise, you know. But she, she went to a community center, and it's a midweek church, and it, it goes especially to youth and young adults. And she reaches out to them, who many of them who are plagued by fears, considering suicide. She does assemblies in the schools and so on, but then invites them to Cypher Church. And one young woman came... Uh, recently, this is just hot off the press, Rebecca Dawn, and Connie writes to me and she says, guys, Rebecca Dawn, my polyamorous friend, gave her heart to Jesus last night and got delivered from the demoniac. She had literal freedom, deliverance from the demons that were plaguing her with fear and with the desire to destroy herself. She was set free. How do you do that without the Spirit of God, right? But she was set free. She wants to be baptized this Friday at Cypher Church. Ah, my heart is leaving. And so Rebecca Don was baptized. They don't have a big baptismal tank, so you gotta go out and rent one and bring it along. But Jesus is into finding the Rebecca Dons of this culture. She know, he knows where they are. But I'm not just a professional communicator or leader talking about what I should talk about. I hope you know that I have to have integrity about this. I have to be on a mission.
I have to have people in my heart and mind that absolutely are passionately held so that they wake me up at three o'clock in the morning and I find my inner self interceding for them, sometimes in other languages because I love them so much. One of the doors the Lord opened and I was involved here in Vancouver and continue to be involved in is reaching out to the sporting community and the major event sports and the people that organize those. And it causes me to be very involved with people half my age. And the Invictus Games were coming to Toronto and the CEO asked me to take charge of the chaplaincy to be the head padre because this is primarily military based. But in doing that, he said, you know, Faith is so important if our wounded warriors are going to be healed. Dave, I need you to put together a faith celebration so that we start these games with faith. Now, of course, that's going to be multi-faith and I, I work with people from other faiths and so on, but in that, I'm always looking for those moments when Jesus is going to show up when he's gonna show up to my individual friends or he's gonna show up in a moment of opportunity. And so we're in one of these planning meetings and one of the young adults that I was working with who has no background in faith, raised in Canada, got her uh, college degree in Canada, has hardly any background about faith, better yet the Christian faith, the Bible. And we're talking about how to make this faith service one that isn't schmaltzy or homogenized. And I said, so as a Christian minister, when I share about Invictus and Concord, I'm going to go to Romans 8 and I'm going to share from the passage that says, we are more than conquerors, i.e. Invictus, through Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. And that young woman literally jumped up off her chair. This is with the CEO there and all the other faith groups there and so on. And she's going, David, are you telling me the Bible says that? That's amazing. Yeah. We need to see that happen thousands and thousands and thousands of times all across this country and around the world. There is amazing good news, and we're on a mission to tell it together with God.